0: We meet today in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to verse 25. In our last study, we highlighted the fact that as children of God, we are raised with Christ Jesus. In this particular study today, we are still in the subject of looking at the fullness of God in Christ poured out in life through believers. And now we're looking at the living of believers being a holy living. My friend, if we are truly raised with Christ, this will become evident in two areas of our lives. First, in our personal holiness, and secondly, in our fellowship with others who are around us. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Colossians 3 verse 5. Now, some expressions of Gnosticism permitted the practice of license. And this was based on the assumption that the deeds of the body could not corrupt the soul. We saw that in chapter 2 verse 8. But Paul here condemns such a philosophy with the command to put to death that which is carnal within you, and he refers to your members which are on the earth. With the words put to death, Paul does not suggest suicide here, but he is talking of the mortification of the deeds of the flesh, a list of which follows immediately when we get to verse 6. But also the form of the verb, put to death, implies that post-readers have not been putting to death the deeds of the flesh by faith, but that they are now to begin doing so. Evil desire is a translation of the same Greek word which is usually rendered lust. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Colossians 3 verse 6. Now the wrath of God is in the process of coming upon the sons characterized by disobedience, as distinguished from sons who are characterized by obedience, those who have trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. The wrath of God is directed against the evil, the devil, his angels, and sin, which destroy those for whom Christ died. But it is also coming upon those who pridefully refuse the only remedy for overcoming the power of sin in their lives, and that remedy is Christ's atoning sacrifice. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The wrath of God is a necessary result of the holiness and love of God, who hates that which is destroying his creatures. Rather than evolving away from the wrath of God, the unbelieving world is actually rapidly devolving towards the wrath of God. According to Revelation 6, verse 15 to verse 17, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Colossians 3 verse 7. Now, those of us who know the Lord, we actually know that we practiced these things in our lives at one time. And I hope that we are not still doing these things. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Colossians 3 verse 8 Now these are the habits that we are to put off As we put off a garment or clothing Paul says that we are to put off these old practices As we would put off a dirty, filthy garment You don't send it to the laundry You throw it away You put it in the garbage can In the dust bin You put off all these things and what are they? The first one there is anger. There is a place for anger that is justified. The problem is that we become angry over the wrong things. Anger becomes wrath when we develop an unforgiving spirit. Malice is an anger that has been nursed along. It is an anger that tries to take revenge and get even. Paul says here that a Christian is to put off these things like an old, dirty, filth garment. That kind of behavior does not represent Christ. Blasphemy is another word, and you see there can be two kinds of blasphemies. There is a blasphemy against God and a blasphemy against man. The first type of blasphemy is to defirm the name of the Lord. It is not just taking his name in vain, but it is also misrepresenting him to hurt him. Now, this is like hurting and blaming God for something that has happened in your life, or something that has simply happened because it was going to happen like that anyway. Many people would blaspheme God, especially when they lose a loved one, a child, and say, God, why did you do this? Also, blasphemy can be against another person. You can blaspheme another Christian when you make a statement about him that is not true. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Colossians 3 verse 9. Paul speaking here is writing to believers. And you ask the question, is it possible for a Christian to lie? It certainly is. I believe one of the first sins that a little child commits is to lie. Lying is something that is deeply rooted in the human heart. And many Christians still indulge in lying. Sometimes they want to call it holy lies and white lies. There is no such thing as that in the word of God and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Colossians 3 verse 10 Put on the new man, he says. If you take off that old garment, who is the old man? You must put on the new garment, the new man. Nature abhors a vacuum, my friend. Putting off is not enough. We must live in the new man by the... Power of the Holy Spirit. Renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You see, you are to put on the new man, and that new man is Christ. In that way, the church is able to represent him even on this earth. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, But Christ is all and in all. Colossians 3 verse 11. This is a tremendous verse in the word of God. Now, barbarian and Scythian here is an interesting uh, phrase in God's word. Barbarians were those who were not Greeks, those whom we could call heathens today. The Scythian was the worst kind of a barbarian. Cynthia was north of the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. The people who lived there were probably the most barbaric the world has ever known. You talk about pagan, heathen, brutal, and mean activities. They would take their enemies and scalp them. Then they would use even the skull as a cup and drink the blood of their victims out of the skull. I think... This is the worst kind of heathenism to talk about. You see, even in Paul's day, some of these horrible people were being led to Christ. The gospel had reached out and done a tremendous work, and some of them were in the church now at Colossae. Missionaries had gone north beyond the Black Sea and Caspian Sea. Scythians had been won for Jesus Christ, And when you think of those people who were that law, together with the Jews and the Greeks, the slaves and the free, the circumcised and the uncircumcised, they have a new identity in Christ. And we are told, but Christ is all and in all. Even though they were barbarians, they were brought into that one body, which is the church. Christ is all and in all. You just can't have it any more wonderful than that, my friend. This is something that is beyond description. Christ is the catalyst who brings together individuals and groups who are separate and makes them one in Him. We have all been made one in Christ. Remember that we are in the practical section of the book of Colossians. In the doctrinal section, we saw Christ who is the fullness of God, And the head of the church believers have been made full they have been made complete in him we will find all that we need in christ not in any man-made legal or philosophical system since we have been risen with christ we are to seek those things that are above where christ is at the right hand of god we have seen that this it will lead to personal holiness beginning now with verse 12 we will find that it will also lead to holiness in our relationships to others. Then, verses 18 to verse 21 will deal with holiness in the home. And in verses 22 to verse 25, also there will be holiness on the job. The Christian life is living out the fullness of Christ in our walk in the home, on the job, and in our social relationships. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Colossians 3 verse 12. The elect of God here speaks of the fact of the matter that if you have trusted Christ, you have owned this new garment, and you are one of the elect. If you have the new garment you are one of the elect. If these things that Paul is going to list here are in your life, you are one of the elect. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, you are the elect. Paul is saying that as believers, we should have a heart of compassion in our relationship with those around us, Kindness is a word that Paul uses, that carries with it the thought of being profitable. It means to be helpful to others. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Colossians 3 verse 13 Paul is including situations where there is blame involved and the complaint is justified. What are we to do in such circumstances, my friend? Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Now, this does not mean that you become a doormat, but it does mean that when we have a genuine complaint, we are to go to the individual and try to work out the matter. Now, There are always going to be some people with whom you cannot work out things. We must realize that. When our Lord Jesus denounced the Pharisees, there was no mention of forgiveness. He just denounced them. They did not seek his forgiveness, of course. Paul's thought here is that Christ has forgiven us so much that it won't hurt us to forgive somebody who has stepped on our toes. We are to forgive others in the same way that Christ has forgiven us. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Colossians 3, verse 14 to verse 15. Now the phrase bond of perfection, ironically connotes a prison chain, or bond, which is described as leading to Christian maturity. The love produced by Christ constrains, restricts, or forces Christians to love and to save one another, my friend. Love is the mark of the true servant of Jesus Christ, and it is in the restriction of that chain alone that one can find the true freedom to rise to the heights for which he was created. There is no higher place on earth than at the pierced feet of conquering love. Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 16. This is the only time the phrase, the word of Christ, is used in the New Testament. Other references refer to the word of God and the word of the Lord. The word of Christ here refers to the revealed word, whether spoken by Christ or of Christ. Dwell in you. That statement refers to the body of believers as well as individual believers. Judaism is a singing religion. But Christianity is even more profoundly a singing faith than any other in history. Singing makes conventional instructional channels such as teaching and preaching even more useful vehicles for acquiring wisdom. The Colossians are to emphasize the ministry of teaching and admonition by the singing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Are you doing the same? And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3 verse 17. Now, do you want a norm for Christian conduct, my friend? Do you want a standard to go by? Do you want a principle rather than a lot of little rules? Paul gives us such a principle here. He does not say that we should or we should not do. He simply says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. My friend, whatever you do at your place of employment, in your home, and in all relationships with others, can you say, I am doing this in the name of the Lord Jesus? If you can say that, if you are doing it in the name of Jesus, then go ahead and do it. This is a marvelous standard, a marvelous yardstick that we can put down on our lives. Now Paul comes to the subject of holiness in the home. You will notice that he will begin to deal with the same things that he dealt with in the epistle to the Ephesians. There he told them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he gave them these same instructions. Here in Colossians he writes, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom. And then he goes on to give instructions for living. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It means that you have to be filled with the word of Christ also. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom. Now if the word of Christ dwells in you richly, it will work itself out in your life and it will have an effect first on your home. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 18 This is for the purpose of order in the home. I do not believe that God intends for a wife to submit to an unserved husband who beats her or who orders her to do the things that are contrary to her walk with the Lord. That is why the statement, as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Colossians 3 verse 19. The husband who loves his wife is the one to whom the wife is to submit. She is not to be the one to take the lead in the family, but she is to urge him to take the lead. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 20. You see, children are to obey their parents. They are to honor their parents all their lives. But when they are children, they are to obey. Meaning to say, even when you have gone out of the parameters of the parents, you will not necessarily obey in the sense of children, but you are to honor them. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Colossians 3 verse 21. You see, even fathers do have their responsibility. And now, Paul the Apostle moves on to the subject of holiness on the job, at the place of employment. He will discuss the relationship that exists on the job, the relationship of employers to employees. Here is Colossians 3 verse 22 to verse 25. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Now, I service. There is service rendered solely to impress other people. It denotes an attitude of working diligently only while the boss is watching. According to verse 24 and verse 25, the boss is always watching. Christians should be God-pleasers rather than men-pleasers. Maybe you are not going to have to report to your boss, or when his back is turned, he doesn't see that you are loafing on the job, not really giving him a full day's work. But the Lord Jesus sees you, my friend, and you are going to answer to him one day. You are in him, and you belong to him. Therefore, you have to give an account of your life to him. My friend, the good news is that if you are in Christ, He is going to help you. Only the Holy Spirit working in you and me can attain this high and holy calling. He wants us to mirror Him in every relationship we have down here on earth. What a glorious calling you and I have. Doesn't that give you enthusiasm today, my friend? Don't look to the baby in Bethlehem. Go to the living Christ who is at God's right hand. Look to Him. He is the one you must please, for you are in Him. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.